If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Sal and I just did an, an interview, and, you know, it, it was a lot of behind the scenes of the origin stories of Mind Pump. We talk a little bit about the business. I think those of you that are really interested in the behind the scenes would really appreciate uh, this interview. So we decided to share it with you guys as a bonus episode. Yeah, it's cool. It's uh, Dominic Moraes. Uh, he's a, a, a teacher. He teaches sports management programs at Trinity University. And uh, he wanted to talk to us about the business of what we're doing and how we started. And so we got into it. And after we were done, we're like, wow, that's a great it kind of breaks down how Mind Pump started and what we're doing. Well, we don't really share that with our... I mean, our audience knows because we've shared our story along the way. But if you're not somebody who's been around since day one, you may have not. And, and you don't listen to the interviews that we do on other podcasts. You only listen to Mind Pump, which I know there's a lot of people that only listen to Mind Pump. You know, this one was really cool because we did. We dove into the, the business uh, of Mind Pump, how it got started, how we made decisions, the some of the mistakes that we made. How and, we make money and how yeah. we grow, all that stuff. Right. Um, and I do also, before we get into that interview, uh, I do want to also mention this month we have launched Maps Strong, one of the, one of my most, ex- this one's very exciting for me. We worked with a strongman competitor, one of the world's strong, strongest man competitors, Robert Oberst, to put together a program that you can do in your gym uh, but that works on the things and the attributes that you find in strongmen. So stamina, strength, lots of posterior chain type training. So you're just going to build your hips and your glutes and your back. Um, and it's just a lot of fun. It's a great program. It's our newest program, Map Strong. You can find it at mapsstrong.com. And uh, that's it. Without any further ado, here we are talking to Dominic Moraes about how Mind Pump got started and how we do what we do. So this actually isn't a podcast at all. This is for research for, like, I'm a professor at Trinity University. I'm actually, uh, I graduated about a year ahead of Ben Pollock, who really kind of told me about y'all. We're just trying to do this for an academic study. We've looked at fitness entrepreneurs in person, but we haven't really looked at social media fitness entrepreneurs. And so that's the next step in this kind of research strand. Oh, I see. Awesome. I'd like to kind of start this way. Would would y'all tell me kind of where all your revenue streams come from now, how you see kind of the state of Mind Pump, and then can we talk about how you got started? Okay. Can we do that? Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. We, can, we can start. Fantastic. We, the uh, largest source of revenue is our, our baby seal fur uh, jackets that we sell to, to people. In- <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We I actually, it. Uh, when we first started, we didn't, uh, we didn't monetize for about a year and a half uh, before we did. We knew that... Um, we had to first of all gain trust, grow the audience, do that first before we turned on monetization. So luckily, all of four of us had other jobs or businesses uh-huh. that we were running, so we didn't have to rely on Mind Pump's income. So we did have that luxury when we nice. first started, and then when we turned on the monetization, the very first thing we did was started selling programs. And the theory was that we would give so much value for free, so much information mm-hmm. between the podcasts and the YouTube and the blogs and the just constant communication that we provide on uh, Instagram and Facebook. And then we have a private forum that we help people out. And we, our theory was if we could touch and reach enough people and give so much value that when we finally decided to ask for money by selling programs that a lot of people would buy just out of support. And that's exactly what happened. We had a a huge flux of people that came through that, you know, had already been listening to the show for well over a year and fell uh-huh. and they had already been trying to give us money in like Patreon stuff. And we all, we all agreed that we wouldn't do something like that. And so that was the real main, the first driving force of, of revenue came from the programs. But then we also had our apparel line, which for us is kind of more like advertising. We really don't profit a lot of money when you look at what it costs for us to pay the employees to do it and to ship it. And yeah. we, give, we give away shirts every week. And mm-hmm. so that business isn't really profitable. It uh, uh-huh. probably makes about 30, 40 grand a year. And then when you look at everything else that's into it, it's like uh, it's pretty much a wash for us. Yeah. And then advertising came around uh, about two years after after we started monetizing and the first year was pretty minimal. We didn't make very much money in that. And then it started to really increase um, a year later 
after we turned it on and started uh, actually doing ads for companies that we wanted to partner mm-hmm. with. And so that now attributes about 30 to 40% of our revenue comes from advertising money now. And then uh, just not even a year ago, so it's been about eight months, uh, we finally hired a marketing team, which handles all of our backend stuff. So we don't have to deal with any of our email marketing or Facebook marketing or Instagram marketing. All that's done by a a marketing team. We just provide the content and direction that we want to go. Uh, they handle all the back-end support and have a team, and then we have a customer service side that handles all that stuff. And so now that's con- that's actually now started to really catch up. And so I'd say, you know, 50% of the revenue now is coming from a lot of the email marketing and stuff that we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, a- another big portion is still always the the foundation, which is the program sales and then mm-hmm. uh, advertising, which are probably our th- our, our major money makers uh as far as how this business monetizes that's awesome so how do you how does the podcast fit into that well the podcast is how we <clears throat> that's how we first got on top of the funnel on yeah social mm-hmm. that's how we first really get got ourselves out there and right the podcasting is an interesting uh medium because it really you know the thing about social media is a lot of people get get caught up in the you know the the the, the size of their influence how yes. many people follow them rather mm-hmm. than the depth of their influence, you know, how, how strongly they're impacting people. Mm-hmm. And podcasting is an interest, interesting medium in the sense that you don't get, I mean, a very large podcast will, will get a fraction of the, of the you know, viewers or listeners that, let's say, a large YouTube channel will. But the influence of a podcast is much, much, much deeper and stronger so the, the conversion rates are much higher and so that's we started with our podcast. That's how we built our authority, and um, it's it's the best converting social media thing that we do. Wow, wow, that's fantastic. So what? So I'll ask one more question, and then kind of ask about how y'all really, really started and all that stuff. But what made you decide to get the marketing team? Was it you know did th- it just became too busy? Like was there a marker that you saw? Was it a metric? Like what led y'all to that decision? Yeah, there was. I think we always knew we would go there eventually. I mean, when Doug and when Doug and Sal actually first started writing the maps anabolic program, Mm -hmm. Doug actually dabbled in a lot of this stuff. And he was kind of, he's been like the Jack of all trades for us. When we first started, when we first started, we leaned heavily on, on Doug's expertise and ability to kind of do everything. And, you know, when he, when we started really taking off and running the production and editing and that side of the business and the numbers on the backside, like that became, most of his job. And so he really didn't have a lot of time and energy to put into the marketing side. So we knew that eventually we would need to hire out and actually contract someone out to do the marketing side of the business. And, you know, there, for the most part, the first few years, it was a very steady increase in revenue and traffic in the business. Um, And then we probably hit about a five month uh, plateau. And if you if you look at it from a bird's eye view, you could tell it's kind of a plateau. It's it was Mm -hmm. it was still growing. The podcast was still adding people, but revenue we we started to see kind of this. You know, I think we peaked and kind of leveled off a little bit, Mm -hmm. and we never really saw a decrease or a drop. But we were level for about five months there, and I think that's when a, a lot of the conversation was really starting to happen a lot between all of us, where we said, okay. Is it time that we take some of this money and we invest it into a marketing team? Because one of the things, luckily, we're all in our late 30s and Doug 75, that we're all at a point in our lives where we have been in business for a really long time. We were very smart with the revenue that we were making. A yeah. lot of it. We didn't pay ourselves very much at all. Still to today, uh, considering what the business does, we're all, I think, very conservatively paid. And so you know, we had the funds to do it. We just weren't sure if that's where we wanted to put our funds yet. And it's like, are we ready to really start building out that side of the business? And we did. We all agreed that, okay, let's do this. And, you know, we took a chunk of change and I think it cost us about 20, 30 grand to really build it all out at the very beginning. Uh-huh. And then it took about another six months after that of getting all the systems in place. You know, I know how familiar you are with all that or not, but, you know, there's a lot of email campaigns and graphic mm-hmm. design and building the website out and lead mm-hmm. magnets and they all need to speak to each other. And so, you know, there was this 
you know, six month period where we were just kind of pumping money into it going like, okay, I mm-hmm. hope this is the right decision. I hope this was the right yeah. time for us to do it. And probably about four months, four or five months ago, it really started to turn. It really started to get cranking. And then we were really, we're starting to generate a significant amount of leads because up until that point, the main thing that really controlled our revenue, and this was something that I kind of watched closely for the business a lot for us was it, it the amount of revenue we would make was dictated by how many shows that we could get on. Like, so if, ah. you know, if we were doing, if we were getting on eight to 12 different podcasts that were relatively our size or larger, uh-huh. that, that would generate X amount of revenue every month okay. for us, which covered all, covered all bills, kept the business running really nice. And so there was this hustle to make sure that we're always getting on shows, which we have a position. Brianna does that for our company. That's all she's mm-hmm. doing is constantly contacting other other people and trying to get link us up together because that's how we would drive more revenue. And so yes. until the email marketing side of the business really started to get cranking, we relied heavily on the ability to cross pollinate with other podcasters and other businesses. And so it was really nice and refreshing once that started to actually take off and carry most of those so we could kind of sit back a little bit we didn't have to hustle like that to get on people's shows. not that we don't still do that of course but there's not that pressure of i gotta get on you know 10 or 12 shows this month or we're gonna see a dip in revenue yeah interesting so like it wasn't totally passive as much as maybe we're pushing for that there was still that little bit that you're like okay there's still a, a proportion of our energy to the revenue that's coming in and so in a sense you've like reduce that correlation in a way. Oh yeah, I don't know if so, I don't know if I ever believe in full passive income. I think sure, that, sure, I think there's sure. always something that has to be done, right? Like we mm-hmm. we passively are not going out and having to aggressively sell and 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 do that, but there's still right. things that need to be done in order for that passive income to happen, right? We got to get people new people listening to the show mm-hmm. in order for them to enter in the top of the funnel and then eventually find the things that we do sell and make money off of. And so I think that never really ends. It's just now mm-hmm. the email marketing side of it is is flooding in as many people, if not more, than what we were able to get out and generate ourselves by getting on shows. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thanks for thanks for explaining that a little bit more. You mentioned did you did you say lead magnets? Yes. What can you? I, I know all the other stuff that you talked about, but I haven't heard that phrase yet. Will you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So, like a, a lead, ma- a lead magnet for us right now is like an ad that you'll see pop up on Instagram or Facebook, and it's a lead magnet is driving to a free offer that we have. So, what we do is we have a ton of free guides and free information, and this is a lot of Sal's side of the business. He writes. Uh, all of our content. He's uh, in brilliant, 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 and he has this ability to put this out, put this content out at a speed that I've never seen anybody do before. And so nice. he he sits down and he'll rip out these incredible papers that are mm-hmm. just loaded full of great information for people. Nice. And then we he sends that over to our marketing team. Our marketing team does what they call a wrap. They wrap it all up. They clean it. They edit it. They make sure there's all the spelling errors or whatever. Put graphics on it, and then they and then they build a funnel all the way around it. So then there becomes it becomes a lead magnet that we pay out to get onto Facebook and Instagram. And then when mm-hmm. people opt into it, they're basically trading their email for this free, great guide. And there's a lot of money and time that's put in to make it good value. So it seems like a very fair, good exchange. Like, hey, I'm giving you my email, but I'm getting this incredible report or whatever it is that I'm searching Mm -hmm. for. Then from there, there is a sequence that's built out that actually will nurture that, that person afterwards. So we've now segmented like we just did a golf one recently, right? So uh-huh. we, we go all over the place. So we had a improve your golf swing and we nice, nice. You know, wrote a whole guide along the lines of that. That goes out there. Well, now we know that these guys and girls that are opting into this guide, they're interested in golf and rotational strength and mm-hmm. that's the things that they're into. So now our sequencing that goes to them, the ca- the email campaign that will hit them will we'll be speaking to that type of person, which is more nice. likely to drive revenue because we can actually target them the way we want to. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for explaining that. Uh, it seems like y'all are, and we'll get into this a lot more, but I just, I'm really impressed already by just how it's figured out. It's logical. There's a step-by-step versus, you know, Hey, this is great. It's going well. Let's just do one more thing. You know, that's, you have a little bit more of a method to your madness than some of the other folks I've spoken to, which is 
Super duper impressive. So, so just tell me how y'all started. I've seen, you know, I've read y'all's about and everything, but you know, from, from the, the horse's mouths, right? Like how did, how did y'all start this thing? Where did it come from? Um, and, and can you throw in some years as well so that I can kind of think about chronological? Mm. We've, we've all been in the, in the fitness industry for a very long time. So I, I've uh-huh. been doing it for over 20 years, Adam, I believe over 17 and Justin, something like over 15 and so, and we all worked for the same uh, fitness organization for a long time. Oh, so cool. we all worked for 24 Hour Fitness. We were all top performers. Yes. I had actually never really known or maybe even met Adam or Justin um, at all during that period. We worked in different regions, but we knew of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of the first time, you know, I, I, I heard Adam's name, for example, was just through that, uh, you know, through that, that medium. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, we all did our own thing. And I owned my own, I had a wellness and fitness facility that I owned with personal training and massage and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, a client hired me to train him, and that was Doug. That's our producer. Nice. Um, and I started training Doug, and after about maybe six months or so, he he told me that you know he had some experience with internet marketing and wanted to know if I wanted to work with him and create a program or something that we could sell online. Mm-hmm. Um, I created uh, the first maps program and we started to market that and once we finished the the promotional material for that I, we had made this like like 25 minute infomercial um, I you know during this period of time I had been in contact with Adam through social media and it mm-hmm. was just you know a message here or there it wasn't like we were, right. we, were we were talking a lot but one of the things that you know he would he would tell me and communicate that I needed to get on Instagram and I needed to start using, you know, that type of social media. Uh-huh. Um, and so we would talk a little bit back and forth. Once we had this infomercial ready for our first program uh, with, you know, the one that Doug and I had done, I thought, you know, Adam would be the perfect person to send this to to get an opinion because I had seen sure. that, you know, he had built at the time, I think he had something like nineteen or 20,000 followers on Instagram. And I knew of, uh, you know, of, of his performance at 24 Fitness. Mm-hmm. And, and he's in my space. And I thought this guy would have a good opinion. And so I sent him uh, our promotional material, and uh, he gets on the phone with me. He loves it, and we talk, and we decide, let's let's do a podcast. Now, up yeah. at, up at this point, you know, Doug and I had thrown around some ideas of how we're gonna build authority, and podcasting mm-hmm. was one of the one of the ways, the potential ways. We thought about writing a book and doing some other stuff. I got on the phone with Adam, and we were just it was great chemistry right off the bat, and and we nice. both were like. Let's all sit down and meet. And uh, we met at his house. It was me, Adam, uh, Justin, and at the time there was another another individual who's involved with Mind Pump, uh, Craig Caperso, a good friend of ours. And we okay. all sat down and we all had a four hour conversation. And it just felt it was it was just you could feel the the electricity and the chemistry. We all agreed on the direction we would want to go. We all agreed mm-hmm. on what needs to happen in the fitness industry. We all had kind of this higher purpose with that. Nice. Doug had, uh, you know, recording equipment, and so he it was just perfect, perfect combination, and that was it. We started the podcast, um, and we initially had recorded about ten episodes. Uh, we were going to drop them uh, all at the same time, nice. and Craig uh, dropped out at the last minute. He sent some mm-hmm. of the some of the recordings to his his sponsors, and because uh, he was the only he was really a, he was a sponsored social media uh, okay. athlete, if you will. And his sponsors were a little bit apprehensive because our show can be quite raw. Uh, sure, sure. And uh, yeah. so he dropped out, and uh, we had to start all over. But everybody still wanted to do it, and we did, and we, mm-hmm. and that was it. It took off from there. Um, and our show has just been – we've been as trying to – we've been as honest as possible the entire time mm-hmm. uh, we've run the show. In the beginning, we're definitely nervous and whatnot, but – um, our goal was always to be as honest as possible with our and and with our combined experience, be able to communicate what we know to be true when it comes to things like fitness and health. And uh-huh. uh, in a space like ours in fitness, honesty is uh, is kind of novelty. It's like, oh, these mm-hmm. guys are telling the truth. That's weird. Uh-huh. And uh, and, it, and it seemed to work. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. Uh, so 
you you've mentioned so you've mentioned you said higher order you wanted to be as honest as possible um and you even mentioned i thought it was interesting you said this like what we know to be true versus right like what is true meaning that maybe you don't think that anything else could be an exception or anything and so i'm wondering is this kind of part of y'all's mission this idea of you know we want to spit right the things that we think are um you know not the bs etc so did that was that kind of the mission or the values yeah. that, that encompass what y'all are doing yeah Can from- you talk Bit from, more about that from day one that was it from day one i mean we have here's the deal we have we have knowledge we're, you know we've mm-hmm. all done lots of learning and taken lots of classes and all that stuff mm-hmm. but then we also have a lot of experience i mean you you consider yes. you know if i've been doing this for 20 years right that's mm-hmm. thousands of clients that i've worked with and no adam doubt. and justin you know j- quite, j- almost quite as long right so we have a lot of experience and knowledge and, and that's that comes out as wisdom and part of that mm-hmm. wisdom is understanding that there are some general truths uh, when it comes to fitness and health, but there's also a massive individual variance, and and mm-hmm. and the individual psychology plays a major role in how successful a particular application of nutrition, for example, or exercise yes. is going to be. And so we communicate it from that standpoint. Whereas you might get a scientist that will communicate something and say, "Well, this study shows that." You know, if you wake up in the morning and you do and you swim in a cold lake first thing in the morning on an empty stomach, you're going to burn 10% more fat. There's going to be 10% more fat oxidation. We're mm-hmm. going to be, from our standpoint, we're going to say, well, here's what the study says, but we're trainers. We know what's actually going to be the most effective is the one that you're going to do the most consistently. And no so, doubt. you know, we, we communicate it a little bit differently. On the other hand, and then on the other end of the scale, you also have the, you know, the bros. You know mm-hmm. the the Insta models who mm-hmm. really only have experience training themselves, mm-hmm. um, and are anything but average. They, you know they don't really they're not they don't they don't connect with the average person, and yes. so the kind of stuff that they tend to communicate is, you know, hammer yourself in the gym and beast mode, and mm-hmm. you know the more the merrier. And 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 we know just again we've trained thousands of everyday ordinary people who want to build muscle, lose fat, get in better shape, feel better about themselves. And, you know, I'll tell you what, one of the things you learn is uh, when you've done this for as long as we have is you learn how to communicate what you know and you learn how to communicate it very well because Mm -hmm. that's actually as important, if not more important than what you're actually communicating. Because, you know, if I know, for example, that we need to eliminate something out of your diet and I know that to be true, how I sell that to you and how I communicate that to you and how I'm able to get you to, to, to buy that, you know, what I'm trying to say to you is just as important as what I'm trying to say. And uh, it lends itself very well to a medium like podcasting where that's mm-hmm. what we're doing for an hour and a half. We're communicating. Yeah. Wow, man. I'm, I feel like, feel like I'm about to be in church over here having to testify with y'all <laughs> because you're speaking the same language that I do. I, uh, I, I train, you know, a few people here and there, but everything you're saying, I feel like is, is totally, totally accurate. And again, right? Like, yeah, you can tell everyone to do the, what to do, but man, I mean, how you do it and, and, and this, right, can lead to them being successful or totally terrible or whatever. So man, yeah, that, that, that means a lot just hearing that stuff. So thanks. Um, so what about this idea of credibility, right? You've talked about experience, you know, that, that you, y'all have gone to school for this stuff. There's a lot of other folks out there, right, that, like you said, the bros, maybe they just train their, themselves, they look fantastic, and then boom, people want their, their stuff. How have how have y'all um, conveyed the idea that, that you're credible and that you can be trusted? Because I think it seems that that's a very cornerstone of what you do. So how, how did you communicate that's that to cool. your market? That, that's a great question about that. You know, here's the deal. Uh, a, a PhD or education does not equal integrity, okay? Um, so that's an important thing to say because there are a lot of people in our space who have all the credentials you could imagine, who are selling, you know, bullshit supplements or programs that we know that will probably hurt people or not be quite effective. Um, Adam and I actually don't have very much formal education at all. It's all experience and learning on our own. Justin's really the only one who has formal education. I think the credibility comes from people listening to our show and they can hear that we're honest, and then people mm-hmm. apply what we say, and then it works. And a lot of what we say makes sense. You know, it's right. It, right. I, I think sometimes when you hear the truth, or you hear someone that's telling the truth, or or, or speaking with integrity, you can kind of hear it a little bit. You know, it, it starts to make sense. So, mm-hmm. it, it's taken us a second to build that authority, 
But now we're at the point now, I'll tell you what, we have, we're one of the highest converting podcasts for our sponsors. We're not the biggest. Some of our wow. sponsors are sponsored through me, you know, mega podcasts like the Joe Rogan mm-hmm. podcast, for example. But we convert at an extremely high rate, and it's because our audience believes uh, what we say, and there's nothing that'll get us to compromise that. So we're gonna, you know, as in, as as much as we valued integrity before, mm-hmm. but, you know, we go back on that now. It'll destroy everything we believed. You know, we, no we, doubt. we we've created. Well, I think we also help enlighten a lot of people too with the way the industry markets to you, and because we all fell for the same thing too. So a lot of the the stuff that we when we explain that. We don't mm-hmm. explain it like, look at us over here, they're wrong, we're right. It's more like, I too fell for the same bullshit. I too yeah. were, was pre- preaching this garbage information. I too mm-hmm. thought this was right also. So I think when we come from that angle, I think people respect it more versus yeah. how a lot of people in this space do it, which is they they tend to segment all of us and create camps and then market to that camp. My camp's better. If I'm a CrossFitter, this is the best way to get in shape. I'm a right. bodybuilder. This is the best way to get in shape. I'm a powerlifter. This is the best way to do things. Or I'm, you know, I'm this unconventional guy that pushes sleds and swings mace bells and kettlebells. And so that's what's better. And then we all get in these little camps and we defend our camps and we talk shit mm-hmm. about everybody else's modality and mm-hmm. or their way of eating. And so nutrition and, and training become very much so like religion for people. And what we've come in to, to tell people is that there's something to take from all of these modalities. They've lasted yeah. for hundreds of years and not CrossFit, but most of the other ones have been around for a very long time for a reason because there are some good things to take from that. And instead of trying to sell you on why it's the best, let us mm-hmm. help you unpack that and share with you the strengths of this way of training and the strengths of this way of eating and teach you really the nuts and bolts of it. And then from there, you can make the decision for yourself of, is this right for you? And so I think the reason that I think we've had a lot of success is we've present uh, information like that versus, and a lot of people thought we were crazy to begin. They didn't think we're going to make any money doing this because there's no money in that. The money is in attaching yourself to a modality, attaching yourself to a diet. I mean, Mind Pump would be much bigger on iTunes just simply if we would have named it the Keto Podcast. You know, because, you know, when we were first starting, that was on the fucking rise. I mean, everybody yeah. was jumping on the keto diet. And, you know, if we were to name it something like that, we would be trending much higher just because of searches. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's just we have integrity. We are not trying to do that. We talk about those things. We we go through them ourselves. And then when we experience, uh, you know, the, the stuff that happens to us individually, we try to communicate that to our audience so they can relate to but we don't. I don't think we tell people this is right or this is wrong. We present the information in a very non-biased way, and yeah, I think it's the difference between you know telling people what to think and telling people right. and, and, and helping people to think themselves. Yes. That's really the the, the underlying uh, difference. And again, having experience working with so many everyday people, uh, at the end of the day, there is no better coach and no there is no better guide. There is no better you know guru. Uh, then you then you inside your own body, and mm-hmm. we're just helping you figure this out on your own, and we're providing you with the, with information and and tools, and and we're speaking based on our experience, and then you can you know decide for yourself and learn for yourself. And it's funny because I think the fitness industry assumes everybody's an idiot for a long time, and we're assuming everybody's intelligent, and they just need mm-hmm. to be sh- given the tools, and that's about it. Yeah. Wow. So, so that it's really interesting because one of the questions that I have listed is this idea of community. And when I hear you talk about modalities, I'm thinking, okay, that's essentially right. Community CrossFit, you know, it's very much culty or maybe you do strongman and you kind of boom, there's that though. You get on those Facebook groups, et cetera. And so I'm wondering, um, especially cause I did some research, I did my dissertation on this idea of brand community in fitness historically, but I'm wondering then, do you have aspects of community? Community around your own brand or around Mind Pump while continuing to uh, use the approach that you just explained. No, Does that that's make uh, sense? no, it's a it's a great question, uh, really really good question. And we do what, in fact, our most probably powerful part of the business. We really didn't talk about this is the private forum. Uh, we have okay. a, we have okay. a private forum that you have to pay to get into it. It's a community mm-hmm. of a little over three thousand people. These are our most loyal people. This is our tribe, right? So, I, yeah. And I do believe that. The difference is our tribe is not tribal. 
And it's like that's part of the the and it's it's kind of it's kind of cool to watch the conversations that happen with, inside the forum because we've mm-hmm. taught our audience uh, to challenge everything. They challenge us. I mean, we say something on the show that they disagree. We encourage them to get on that forum and call us out or point it mm-hmm. out and ha- let's have discussion about it. And so I think that, and we have, so, and we have a ton of people in our forum that do CrossFit. We have a ton of people that run and we're guys that talk that we never run. And we, you know, there's guys that do yeah. Spartan race and girls that do Spartan uh-huh. race. So we have, and strongman power lifters, mm-hmm. we have it all inside of mm-hmm. our community. We have all diets in our community. So I think that we have this, you know, kind of this melting pot of health and fitness people that the major thing that we all have in common is growth. Mm-hmm. We, ha- we have put this message out of radical honesty and personal growth uh, since day one of this podcast. And I really think the community reflects that. It's not about, you know, segmenting you guys into modalities or way. Everybody eats differently in our forum. Everybody mm-hmm. trains differently in our forum. Sure, we have our programs and most people have gone, but even our programs, like we teach this, we do not claim that, our program is the best program for you. It's that right. we we have teached people how to program. That was the that was the magic behind all the maps programs was we're going to give you guys a great program to follow for three months, but then we're also going to teach you the science behind it and how we put it together, so you can then take those tools and create programs yourself or modify the ones mm. that we already currently have. So nice. even our own stuff, we're not dogmatic about it, and because mm-hmm. we've talked about that so much. We have created this tribe, this community that I think is very important to having a very successful business, especially if you're going to scale to the size that we are. I think that's, you, I mean, those, these are the people that are doing your real marketing and advertising because, mm. you know, I, mean, I could pay a marketing guy all day long to go out and push stuff, but nothing's as powerful as those 3,000 people. Those 3,000 people, they, every time they talk to somebody, mind pump comes out of their, out of their mouth and we've changed nice. a lot of their lives and they've become very, very tribal, but at the same time too, not dogmatic about nutrition or exercise. And so I think Mm. that's kind of special what we've created inside that forum. And to this day, like it's, we like that. And we've been very self-depreciating like ourselves. So we razz each other and talk shit to each other. And so we we encourage this, you know, they can say whatever they want to say on that forum. And it's kind of neat. It, It really polices itself because we've, We've built it up since day one. I remember when there was only three people in there, and we spent a lot, a lot of time. And that was really Sal's baby too. He he spent yeah. a lot of time in their answer to this day. He still goes in there and answers every question that gets posted up there. And now we've we've now we've got all these brilliant minds. So we've got lots of doctors and gut health specialists, and uh, you know guys that have incredible experience in body mechanics. And you got mm. your uh, Dr. Brinks, Dr. Schallers, Dr. Ruscio's. I mean, you name it. We have all these brilliant minds in there that a lot of us, we don't even have to answer because there's a guy on there that's smarter than I am that can answer that question. And so it's pretty neat to watch people, you know, post stuff and then to see the community respond and help each other out. And because I think it was built on that foundation, I think it's what makes it really unique. That's wonderful. Man, that sounds great. Um, yeah, that's that's really great. So then what about, uh, as y'all were starting off, the next question I have is, were there, say, like watershed moments or um, times in which something happened that you said, okay, we're on the right track, we're doing this thing right, things are happening for us? Were there any moments just along y'all's path uh, that you could talk about from that perspective? Oh, there's a, there's a, there's a ton of those moments. The, the very first moment i think that something happened like that was very early on and i think it was maybe episode four or five we did an episode uh titled why mind pump doesn't crossfit and in that episode we were very honest uh and 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 raw in our critique of the way crossfit programs their workouts Mm -hmm. and in the injuries that we've that we witnessed uh as a result of some of those some of that programming. And so we, we were, we, we were very honest and we posted that episode along with others when we first launched. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there's like two days later, the official CrossFit, you know, Instagram page or social media, you know, people contacted us and basically told us to take it down because, you know, we were saying bad things about them or whatever. And we, right away, we were like, oh shit, we got, because remember, we were nobody at this point. We were just a a brand new podcast. And CrossFit is a 
a behemoth monster in the fitness yes. space space and they came after us and so we were like oh shit this is crazy and so we recorded a part two why we don't crossfit and we, <laughs> we went after him again <laughs> and and those episodes really took off and uh, uh and gave us our first initial i would say boost uh with the podcast i think how we did it too was really important because if you go back and you listen to those episodes too it's again it wasn't like we came out and we were just hammering crossfit we actually i uh -huh. think spoke half the time on all the great things that it's brought oh, to we the were honest 100%. yeah we right, talked about right. all the positive things that it's brought to the industry i mean shit before crossfit you know, we were all in the gym. We'd been working already for five, ten years already. So we'd been in this for a long time before CrossFit came around. And shit, I don't remember anybody squatting or deadlifting. I mean, you you could walk to the squat rack and there would be dust on it because the one that you had in the gym, nobody used. Nobody was using yeah. it. It wasn't popular. And so to see people squatting and deadlifting and overhead pressing and doing these movements that we know are incredible movements that everybody should learn to do because of their benefits, I think that was incredible. And I think CrossFit is literally the reason why we see that now. So, you know, we and we sh we shared a lot of that, but then we also talked about on, on the same token, you know, if I get 10 people that walk through the door that hire me to be their trainer, at least nine of them, I wouldn't even consider putting them through some sort of a CrossFit routine, at no least. Doubt. And so that's the way we spoke about it. it. wasn't that, oh, and so if you're that super athlete, you've got incredible mechanics, you can move explosively like that, you're smart, you know, you won't push yourself to where to injury, like, okay, that this could be a great sport for you, just like football mm -hmm. or basketball or anything else. So I think the way we articulated that was so important. Even though we were early on, I don't think we were as polished as we are now, I still think the the general message that we were giving, I think, was really powerful. It and resonated. That was, that was a very pivotal point. For yeah, sure. it definitely uh, resonated with a lot of people. And I guess the, I think the second thing that comes to mind uh, was when we, right around episode 100, you, we are the way we podcasted started to get a lot better. We started to feel okay. a lot smoother. It's just from reps uh, of, mm -hmm. of you know of doing of doing this. And you could hear it in the show, like right around 100, we started to get much, much better. And we podcast a lot. We, we know at the time we were doing three episodes a week. Now we do five episodes a week. Man. And it just improved our skills uh, dramatically. I mean, you could hear, you could hear, and you know, again, because we're podcasting every single day, mm -hmm. we got better, you know, faster and faster. And I think the next time was when we started to learn to intro the show uh, you know, separately or differently. And so what Doug would do in early on the pod, when we would do our podcast, what, what would mm -hmm. happen is Doug would hit record and it was like you were walking into a conversation. But then at some point I would intro the show and say, oh, by the way, you're listening to Mind Pump or whatever. And, you know, we it, it, cha it would change the energy for a second in the show. So we figured out, and I remember, I think it was around 100 or so. Well, it was a lot of the, remember, it was the interviews that really pointed that, that out to That really us pointed because it Because we would, we would let, we would get an interview. Because at the beginning, we carried this thing by ourselves. We didn't have, nobody won't know, who the fuck's yeah. going to come on a show that they don't know, right? That you, <laughs> yeah. You're not going to fly some great guest in that's never heard a mind pump. So we didn't really have guests. It was just yeah. us. And then we started like even getting, bringing like some of our close friends or people that we knew that had some sort of credibility. We'd bring them on the sure. show. Yeah. And it would fuck the dynamic up. I mean, we just we had gotten really good at the wow. three of us having conversation, and then mm -hmm. we get the fourth person in the in the conversation, and then the flow just wasn't there. And we're like, damn, we know we're better than this. Why can't we yeah. figure this out? And one of the things that we realized was this like formal as soon as the interview starts, hey, you know, tell them who your name is, this whole basic like it like turns it into this we could be having this great conversation off air, uh -huh. knowing each other, talking bullshit and this and that, laughing, and then the mics go on, then it, then we get all of a sudden formal interview question style, and it just would kill that dynamic. Right. And so we put it together like, okay, you know what? Let's not change the dynamic of how we, uh -huh. how we have Doug just sw switch it on, and we'll mm -hmm. just go. And then yeah. at the end of the whole show, we'll go back, we'll recap it, and then we'll formally introduce that person on air by ourselves. And oh, nice! And that was a very pivotal point for us, also, because now we would get we get guests, we'd sit them down. Doug flits the switch on; they don't even know half the time. And nice. then they look at us and be like, "Are we recording?" We, oh yeah, we've been recording for ten minutes, and we just keep going and because yeah. And then you get this really good organic conversation that I think that's a lot of what people appreciate about the show too is that it doesn't feel scripted; it feels like 
you're a fly on the wall and you get to hear these two or three intelligent guys in, in, you know, interview this person that you're interested in. I think that was a very pivotal point for us. Oh, it took the show to a whole new, a whole new level. And, and, and then we started to figure out that, you know, we would experiment with ways to get our show out there. And Uh so, you know, Instagram, we would have people post for us and stuff like that. And we wouldn't really get a return. And I, I don't remember when this happened. This was early on. I got interviewed on uh, a podcast that, that uh, it's called Smart Drug Smarts. It's a pretty popular podcast. Great. You know, I know the, the, the host pretty well now. And uh-huh. I got on that podcast and we saw an immediate surge of, you know, of exposure. Downloads all of a sudden went up significantly from that. And mm-hmm. then we started to piece together, oh, if that's got to be the best way for us to, to grow our podcast. We got to stay on the, yeah. same pla- the same platform. And then the uh, we got on the Ben Greenfield show, who's now a good friend of ours, and that was another huge boost for us. And then we started to put it together, like, okay, we need to work with other podcasters because people mm-hmm. like don't they don't like to leave, they don't like to leave a, a, a medium. You know, it's like people from Instagram don't necessarily go listen to podcasts, uh, right. you know, from there or whatever. We need to go down other podcasts, and and that was a big strategy for us uh, for a long time. I think Adam talked about it earlier in this in this interview. Uh, that you know, for a while there. Oh, was, that carried the business for the first yeah. probably two years. Yeah. Was, was that strategy of getting on eight to twelve podcast? Yeah. And then another probably really pivotal moment was when we decided to kind of divide the show in half, and it kind of uh-huh. it kind of naturally happened because what was we were as we got more and more comfortable, and we started going all over the place with topics, and we started kind of touching on current events that were going on, yeah. like people wanted to hear. We started to get like the, the show started to extend to ninety minutes to two hours, and we had the first half of it, which was this very locker room bullshitting three yeah. guys talking about what's going on in the real world right now, and it was uh-huh. very raw, unapologetic, and we went everywhere and anywhere in there. And then there's this back half of the show where we get very scientific and get into or put our trainer hats on and we answer yeah. fitness questions and we talk about a topic or something, right? And so we had a we had a division, maybe a 50-50 split. It was really crazy of people that didn't even work out, people that didn't exercise, didn't care about fitness, but loved the first hour of banter that we did because they respected us as individuals, liked our listening to our opinions. The fact that all three of us don't agree a lot and we yeah. openly discuss and debate, uh, I think people really appreciated that. And so we had a we had an audience that weren't even really hardcore fitness workout people, but enjoyed mm-hmm. that banter. And then we had the other half that absolutely hated that piece, and they were they were here for the science, for the education, for the information relating pertaining to fitness. So it was a it was actually a there was probably a little lull there too of us trying to f- figure this out like do we cut that out do we yeah. start another do we do we start another channel do we have just certain days that are just bullshitting and then other days where we do this and we're like fuck we we were really torn on that uh-huh. and I, I the way we come up we came up with the idea of okay let's not change the format really but let's now since we introduced the show anyways at the end we were already doing that why don't we recap people on what's coming ahead so they so they can fast forward if they want to hear that. So now when you listen to the show, and this has been going on for about two, 300 episodes now, maybe a little more, Sal will say, you know, in today's episode, you know, we get into this, this, and this, and he'll list off all the crazy stuff because we will. We'll talk about sex dolls, and we'll talk about what's going on with Kaepernick right now and Nike, and we'll talk about all these, you know, polarizing type topics at mm-hmm. the beginning of the show, and then he'll say, and then 42 minutes in, we get into the questions, and here's what we answer. And then we, and so now if you're somebody who listens, you can't stand hearing our opinions on that stuff, then you can mm-hmm. fast forward right to the science and get to the meat. And if you're somebody who likes the banter, you know you can stop listening at 42 minutes in. Nice, nice. Man, that's, that's, that's so legit. Okay, so quick question. So approximately, like, what year was episode four? Because you said four one hundred, and then um, when you did the safe drug podcast, oh, over yeah. there. so could y'all mind putting just a couple so I can kind of see? Yeah, that's a good question, Doug. Together. When would you say what we aired the first CrossFit episode? That was that two thousand fifteen. Nice. And and then what a hundred hundred episodes? When would you say how long did it take to get a hundred? Maybe like a year. 
Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Thank you all. I appreciated it. You know, with, with that in mind. And when did, when did you like, when did y'all officially, so you officially started January 5th, 2015, like you launched your first podcast and this is when mind pump began. Yes, I think so. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. So what about, um, so what about, and y'all talked about this a little bit, but, um, when you, did not have a marketing team. Were there certain metrics that you paid attention to? I, you, I know you said that you know the podcast went more downloads meant more revenue. Ultimately, were there more things that you paid attention to, and did those differ? Yeah, downloads was a big one. Um, mm-hmm. Our own social media following was mm-hmm. another big one. So how fast our Instagram pages were growing. Um, also, the interaction uh, and the you know the the influence of our social media. So. How many comments are we getting? How many questions are we answering? The size of our forum, um, and then of course our our program sales being the the the, you know our our main source of revenue. Awesome. So what about then, um, like the subjects that you talk about, right? Are are the market and your subjects? Was that was the market intentional? And have you um, do you play your your like subjects to the market, or is that just Look, this is who we are, and they respect us as people now, so we don't have to necessarily tailor as much. You know, there's a little bit of looking at the at the market, and in, in, in uh-huh. you know, but a lot of it is just what we want to talk about, especially early on. I mean, we literally, you know, we wouldn't even know what the topic would be until we would start the conversation, and then it would just go where it would go. In fact, we still do that every once in a while. We'll have an episode where we don't know what we're going to talk about. Let's just turn on the mics and see what happens. And uh, those turn out to be some of our best uh, episodes. Um, a, a lot of the direction, uh, you know, three days a week, we do these Q&A episodes where we answer questions. And mm-hmm. these are fan questions, and they'll ask us on our social media page. And that'll direct those episodes in, nice. in, the, in the back half of the episode. The beginning half is really just the conversation between Justin, Adam, and I. And that, there's usually no structure. We just kind of go, and it can be anything from what happened yesterday my workout, you know, what's going on in, in politics today. We will discuss things though. Like, you know, I'm, I'm like when what the health came out on Netflix, like we had to address, mm-hmm. there's certain topics that I think people expect us to address. Yeah. Okay. You know, if it's like, a, if it was a, if it was a major thing that came out in the news or a big documentary that's, that's going viral and everybody's talking about like, uh, you know, it's pretty obvious that they want to hear our opinion on, on all that stuff. And, but I mean, we, like Sal's saying, we, we can be guided by, the audience because we have such great engagement and we do mm. communicate with them so much uh you know it's really easy to see that i mean when you get we every every sunday we do this post and it's an image on our instagram on our mind pump media mm. instagram and it's an image of our logo and all we have to do is post that logo and that 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 tells our audience that this is where you put the questions and so wow. every, so you know we get 200 plus questions that are written and a lot of them written real detail and i can see you know shit with 30 of those questions are something that's going on right now that they want to hear us talk about. We absolutely will address it. So it's, you know, it's pretty easy to, to guide us uh, on what topics to kind of make sure that we cover now. You know, at the beginning, we were very random. At the, be- at the beginning, we probably did a lot of shock and awe, probably yeah. too, almost too much. We, uh, you know, we got traction from that. People loved that we there was no topic that was too taboo that we would not address or go over. And so we went all over the place and and now that we have the audience that we have, it's, I think it's, it's directed and guided easier because of that, because we have this, you know, litmus test on social media. We can look back and go, oh, okay, this is what everyone's talking about. This is what they're asking about. This is a good place for us to be discussing. I think that the, this will help. Nice. Nice. So, so then my next question is, we kind of talked about packaging the actual content of the podcasts. What about the, the products, right? Like how did y'all really conceive of, okay, um, you know, this is going to be our first product. We're going to package this program this way because of blank. And so, you know, how did that start and how has that good question. Um, evolved? That's a really good question. Well, the first, the first program was, um, the first program we sold was Maps Anabolic, which was a program that uh, I had created uh, before we started Mind Pump. Mm-hmm. And the mentality behind that, you know, at that time, and it's still, it's still quite popular to this day, but at that time especially, there was this, uh, you know, what I like to call common knowledge in, 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 in the fitness industry and in, in how you built muscle, for example. 
And common knowledge oftentimes is incorrect, by the way. That's what a lot of people believe, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. And one yeah. of the things that a lot of people believed was that in order to really sculpt and build the body, you your best bet was to train one body part a day, uh, let that body part rest for a full week, and then hit it again. Now, as a trainer, training lots and lots of people, and you know, also you know, being a, a little bit of a science nerd myself, I knew that that method really didn't work for most people. It worked well if you're on anabolic steroids, but it really didn't work for most people. And training the body more frequently uh, with a little bit less intensity was more effective for most people. Um, mm-hmm. And there was more that went into that. You know, I, I, I saw that the, that the different rep ranges all had their own value. Um, yep. I know when it comes to building muscle, everybody says, oh, 8 to 12 reps, is the, that's the rep range to build muscle. Well, I knew that if I took someone who always trained 8 to 12 and I brought them through a cycle of 1 to 5 reps, that they would build muscle. Or I took someone who was 1 to 5 all the time and had them do 15 to 20, they would build muscle. So I saw that there was a lot of utility in different rep ranges and in, in, mm-hmm. in phasing or changing or tra- you know, your workout. And then I also, uh, you know, had uh, created a concept uh, known as trigger sessions, which was from my own observation of people in my family who work blue collar jobs. I noticed that, you know, uh, the plumbers in my family, for example, had these really muscular forearms and the male carriers in my family had these really muscular calves. And I, and now we, we've been taught in fitness that in order to get a muscle to respond, you have to tear it down. You have to tear it down, cause damage so that the body can repair and rebuild and, and then adapt and get stronger. But uh-huh. I also realized that, you know, the plumbers in my family, I mean, they might have gotten sore in their forearms for the first six months of their job, but they've been doing it for 30 years now. They're not, they're not tearing anything down anymore. Uh-huh. And these guys have forearms that, that will rival a bodybuilder's. Uh-huh. Um, and so I, I knew that there was something to that. And so I experimented with something called trigger sessions and I implemented that in the routine. And so I put together this program that was – on on one hand, very effective, uh, but on the other hand, also very opposite of what everybody else was saying. Mm-hmm. And if you can ever find the combination of opposite of what everyone's saying, but also effective, I don't care what market you're in, you have a huge potential to explode. Well, I also think no this doubt. was this was really what connected Sal and I, because I remember when he sent it over to me and he sent the whole video that him and Doug did, I was like, this is brilliant. And mm-hmm. this, there's not enough people that are saying this message. And what I knew at that time, and I don't remember what the exact percentage is when I read this, but I know that we know that um, women are the ones that typically buy. Women's are the, women are the ones that are purchasing a lot of things out there. And what do I know about training a lot of women? Well, I know that a lot of women tend to str- stray away from heavy lifting because they don't want to get big and bulky. They want to get toned and lean. But what I know also know from training a really long time is that, like Sal said, I could take a woman like that who's never seen less than six reps in her life before, train her on a five-by-five type of strength program, and it will blow her mind. I mean, she will, mm-hmm. build, she will build and shape the body she always wanted, that she was working so hard at doing 15 to 20 reps, supersetting and doing all this high-intensity shit. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw the way he laid out maps, I was like, okay, this is brilliant. Because And nobody wanted to do that. Everybody wants to feed into what everybody's already doing. It's like, I'm going to market to a girl. I'm going to put a pink label on it say it's for women and then it's going to be all this high repetition shit it's like why Mm -hmm. that's what they're all doing they're all doing that already that's not what they need what they need Mm -hmm. is someone to teach them how to deadlift how to squat Mm -hmm. be don't be afraid of putting some weight on there and doing one to five reps it's not going to make you bulky and look like a man it's not going to work that way and because i knew that i know he knew that when i saw that the programming how i thought oh wow this is going to be this is going to if we can market this and we can get it into their hands I mm-hmm. knew that it would change their lives, and that was really the secret sauce behind what he did. And then the frequency. At that same time, I remember going through my own, like, changing up my routine, and we've talked about this on the show many times, how, you know, we train our clients better than we train ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I would be training my clients a full-body routine because I knew that was working the best, but then I was still training myself <laughs> in this this split routine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. so funny. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's I was still caught in that bro mentality. I was still caught uh-huh. in all the bodybuilding stuff, the magazines. But yet I was applying what I knew worked best to my clients. And so it, I was starting to piece this together for myself and really start to realize, wow, this this intensity message is really is really exaggerated. And a lot of yeah. people are overdoing it more often than not. And they should be 
bringing back the intensity and putting more emphasis on frequency and frequency is going to make a bigger difference. So I'm kind of piecing this to myself and I see Sal's program really addresses these two things. And in my opinion, at that time, these are two of the biggest things that were changing my clients' lives was when I could mm-hmm. get the get them to understand the importance of frequency, get them to understand how to manage intensity, and to get mm-hmm. my women to do strength training. Like that was the key to a lot of my success in my later career. And here Sal comes and he builds this program and he wants to sell it online. And I'm like, I have yet to see an online program like this. Everything I see is the gimmicky shit that's feeding into right. all the bullshit that's been going around for the last 20 plus years. Yeah, you know, you know what it reminds me of too, because you know, I, I've been doing this long enough to see trends come and go. And I remember when uh, Atkins first came out. Um, you know, at the time, we were told that fat was bad for you, avoid it at all costs, and low fat was the way that you got leaner. And then out comes this diet that tells you the opposite and says, don't eat carbs and just eat lots mm-hmm. of fat. Now, yeah. now I'm not an advocate of Atkins. I know there's, there's a lot of different ways to skin a cat. But the reason why it exploded, let's, not, let's, let's get it straight here. The reason why Atkins exploded was because it worked. If you do cut your carbs, you, probably, you are cutting your calories and you're going to lose some weight. But yep. mainly it's because it was the opposite. Right, so we had been sold so hard that fat was bad for you. Here comes this guy that says, "Eat all the fat you want, just cut your carbs," because the message was so opposite. It gained a lot of traction, and so mm-hmm. I knew, I knew if I came out and said, training each body part once a week and doing a body part split and going to failure all the time is not effective as this kind of a program, which is kind of the opposite, but has a lot of science supporting it and is also extremely effective, if not more effective. I knew mm-hmm. that it would get some traction. And so that's, that was the reasoning behind that. And then after that, I mean, we have now many, many, many other programs and Adam, Justin and I get together and we create these programs and it is an absolute great time. And we went and we created an athletic based program. We created one for bodybuilders. We, you know, we've created, you know, programs that are correctional for personal Mm. trainers, you know, and so, you know, and, and just continuing on that theme and it's cool because we don't. We could definitely write programs in ways that'll sell more mm-hmm. programs, uh, but we want to stay true to what we know to be effective, um, mm-hmm. and we want to maintain our integrity. And it's taking us longer to get traction with our programs because of it. I remember initially, two people would buy the MAPS program, and then they'd return it for a refund, and we'd say, well, why, why, don't you, why do you want a refund? Oh, mm-hmm. because you know I've seen all these exercises before. And it's like, well, you know, I, I could I could create a flashy, crazy looking program like everyone else, but it's yeah. not gonna it's not gonna work. We wanna yeah. make stuff that works. And um and it's working. It's working. Yeah. You know, people are getting results. We're starting to see a trend nice. on social media. The order the order is very methodical too, though. Like so, you know, if you actually look at there's because we recommend an order of going through our programs and we we wrote them in an order too of and, and they were all chronological except for Prime. And I remember we held Prime because we knew it was going to be a lot for the average consumer to digest. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And MAPS Prime is our assessment program. It's really where everybody should start. It comes okay. with, it comes with, it's, and it's like literally the process that you would take a client who you mm-hmm. just came off the street and they hired you. Nice. Like, what nice. would you do? I would not put them in a pro, any program. I would assess them. I would assess mm-hmm. them and figure out all their imbalances and point them out to them and then teach them the moves that they need to do to address their poor mechanics. That's 100% every single person that ever walked through my door, no matter how athletic or how deconditioned they were, that is where you start. So we have Mm -hmm. MAPS Prime, which is this living, breathing document that allows you to flow in and out of it because we also know too that it's ever-changing, right, based off what you're doing. So you have this assessment that is broken up in three zones of the body. So we, we try to take something very complicated and we simplified it for the average nice. person so they can digest. So they can do a, they do the zone one, which is your upper body, uh, upper body. So it's your, you do this wall test and it's either pass or fail. And what we know right. is that a majority of these people are going to fail this because a majority of people suffer from upper cross syndrome, especially nowadays with the computer and stuff. And then from there, it points you in a direction of mobility moves and correctional stretches for you to fix that specific area that you have breakdown. Mm-hmm. And so we broke the body up like that. And this this is the foundation. This is where it really starts is there and it complements each one of the programs. And then MAPS Anabolic is our strength foundational program, the first one that Sal created, really where most most all people should start no matter what your pursuit <laughs> is. 
because it's the basic principles you're learning in there. And then you mm-hmm. get into like performance, which even though it's athletically driven, we still highly recommend it to the average gym goer because it's not a bunch of crazy explosive movements that we put in there where you're doing jump boxes and weird shit like that. Right. It's just a lot of mobility movement, a lot of dynamic mm-hmm. movement, multiplanar movements that people don't tend to do that they probably need to do for overall joint health. So we mm-hmm. encourage you to go that direction. And then the last piece, which was the third, the third program that we created, which was the MAPS aesthetic, which is, you know, let's be honest, a lot of people want to shape and sculpt the body. And no if, if that's your primary focus, there are, there are ways to focus on smaller muscles to give you this illusion that you're shaped a certain way. And so that was the final program. And we ordered them like that for that reason. So even somebody who wants to be a bodybuilder, we still believe that you should still go through that process of mm-hmm. the foundational programs because of how much it's going to be- benefit you on overall movement, overall strength. And we know that will still feed into how you want to look. So those are really the, the, the core of the programs. And then we've now nice. advanced it and there's at home programs and there's, mm. you know, we have right now tomorrow we release our strongman program. So we wrote a program that's nice. geared towards that. So yeah, we're, I mean the goal now too, for the business. So we, we release a program every quarter. And, oh. and a, a lot of what we do going forward is, you know, we partner up with somebody who is a, a specialist in that. So like we'd used, strongman Robert Oberist, who we partnered oh, nice. up with and we created that program. So we take his combined knowledge of all his years of experience in training in strongman. We take our combined knowledge of program design and training normal average Janes and Joes. And we take that and we give them a taste of, you know, training like a strongman, but we do it in mm. a very safe, intelligent way. Nice. Nice. The next question I have would be your product affiliations. I know that you said Brianna kind of does that, but when y'all were in control, how did you screen and vet those? The, how we choose sponsors, um, we were, were very, very picky about that. That's something that mm-hmm. we all agreed that we didn't need them. First of all, we agreed we built this thing without them. You know, the first year when the business made 600000 we really, I think we made a whole I think a thousand dollars or something that year off of uh, advertising. Yeah. We hadn't done any advertising, so we knew we didn't need it, and so we didn't want to pollute our show with a bunch of random sponsors of products that we didn't care about. Or we and we had a lot of offers. You know, people mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know this, but you know, we were as soon as we started to take off, and you know, anybody has heard about Mind Pump and the growth, like instantly we started getting all these emails and people shipping us free stuff to try all their shit. And then we got it all, everything from all the gimmick tools to Mm -hmm. all kinds of different supplements and all of them throwing money at us. And it really wasn't that hard for us to say no. So I don't want to act like it was like, oh, you know, we were so, you know, we totally, it was so tough and we struggled and we needed that money. It's like, no, we, we agreed early on, you know, that we weren't, I mean, a lot of our message is against that. And so we knew we couldn't go out and Right. You know, talk a bunch of shit about these gimmick supplements and all of a sudden we're selling BCAAs the next day. Like it just wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense. And then it would just, yeah. it would kill our brand. So there was never question about, you know, taking on any of these companies. And so really the way we look at it is any company that you see us partnered with, if it has anything mm-hmm. to do with nutrition or supplements or anything like that, it has to be something that one of us loves and uses all the time you know it's got to be a product that we see a lot of value in that we're taking it in ourselves so we're giving it to somebody else because we we've seen the great results and even so when we if you listen to the way we advertise people think it's crazy because you know what for example four sigmatic is a a company that we work with and sal was the one that i mean had take he takes shrooms on a pretty much daily basis and he uses all the different types of them for different reasons and he loves mm-hmm. it it's a all natural product that you can use that you know but he doesn't make any crazy outlandish claims like it's going to right. do anything amazing for you and i fucking hate the taste of it so i'll yeah. and on the show we'll talk like that show nice. sal will talk about four sigmatic and the benefits and why he likes to use it and how he uses a reishi at night to kind of calm him down and go to sleep or whatever. And I'll be like, man, I tried that shit. It tastes like shit. I can't stomach it. It's just, and so it's, you know, it sounds crazy that I would talk that way about a sponsor, but people appreciate us being real about the companies that, that we're using. And so if there's something that one of us is not a big fan of, like we're not afraid to, to speak our mind about it because I know there's a ton of people that are going to do everything that Sal does because 
they look up look to him that way. I know there's a lot of people that do the same thing for me and a lot of people that do for Justin. So we have this flexibility of working with brands that maybe one of us are in love with, the other two guys are like, eh, whatever about. And so we make sure that one of us can stand behind a product that we really, really like. And now we have somebody like Taylor, mm-hmm. who this is what he does for the business is partnering with brands. Now, he has been a, a, a very uh, intricate piece to this business that's behind the scenes that a lot of people don't see. And he's responsible mm-hmm. for a lot of the look of our brand and how and who we are partnering with for long-term future gains. And so when you look at companies like Viore, uh, Felix Gray, Mir, uh, these companies are uh, Thrive Market. These are all companies that in the, they've, they've came from nowhere in the last three to five years like us. So mm-hmm. they're, they're still considered in infancy, but they're growing and they're all multi-million dollar companies. And so we, and they also, their imagery matches our imagery, their, nice. their message matches our message. And so he, his job, and that's all he does all day long is research companies like this and negotiate and talk with the CMOs and, and, and meet with them and find out how this partnership could work. And we attach ourselves to these brands that we hope to not only help them grow, but they also help us grow. Man, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, y'all, that's I don't want to take any more of your time. Y'all have answered all the questions that I had. This is fantastic. I, I, you know, admittedly and slightly, slightly shamedly, you know, I haven't listened to y'all stuff, but you have now, you know, you've sold me. I know that wasn't your goal, but I'm going to take a listen to y'all stuff. I mean, this is something I feel like, I feel like I could hang with y'all, which is something that I can't always say to the people in the gym that I'm at. So, um, I really, really appreciate this. This is really, really wonderful. Um, from an academic standpoint and just personally hearing y'all and and talking with other like-minded individuals. So thank you. Awesome. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.